All right, guys, before we get started today, I want to let you know that you can try YouTube TV for free and get access to 85 plus live TV channels, unlimited DVR space, and game day features like key plays. Just be sure to record the game and then use the key plays view right in the YouTube TV app. Catch up on all the highlights you may have missed. Plus, you can cancel at any time with no hidden fees. That's a touchdown. YouTube TV, try it free, new users only, terms apply, cancel anytime. What's up, guys? Welcome into another edition of Chargers Weekly. As always, joined by Matt Money Smith as free agency rolls along. We're in the second wave money, um, and we'll get into some of these signings, Gerald Everett being the latest for the Chargers. But the AFC West, the last time we talked, I don't think Deshaun Watson was a Brown. Matt Ryan certainly wasn't a Colt. And now Tyreek Hill may be leaving the AFC West as we speak. Uh, breaking news. Breaking news, uh, indeed. Uh, apparently, Devontae Adams uh, coming to the Raiders perhaps did the rest of the AFC West a favor. I think <laughs> so. Tyreek Hill saying, okay, if he's going to get $27 bucks, then guess what? I'm going to get 28 And uh, the Chiefs – Tyreek Hill's an interesting one um, because, look, for all the people that are like, hey, how could you pass on that guy? How did he end up going in the fourth round yet? Go ahead and read the stories about what that guy was in, you know, in college and, and the crap he was up to and why he was off nearly every board uh, in the draft room. So and then, of course, that that showed its head again a couple of years back with the audio of, of his, his son and, and the issues with with his girl. And, and it's just like that's what makes that whole thing interesting. And I think that's where that comes into play. I mean, the Chiefs have been the most friendly team when it comes to giving guys second chances, not being concerned with off the field issues. They've done it repeatedly. They're happy to, to take the incoming when the first signing or draft happens and then just get a really good player uh, that has some character issues. So this one is, I think this one's going to be interesting because I wouldn't be surprised if they wanted to put some language in there to protect themselves. So they're going to pay the guy 25, 27 million bucks a year. And maybe he wasn't into that. And like we saw with Deshaun Watson, you want to auction yourself off and you're one of the best quarterbacks in the league, no matter how much baggage you have, 22 civil lawsuits and all the bad PR that comes with Deshaun Watson. Here's, you know, $250 million guaranteed. We don't care. Yeah. Uh, and I think the chiefs are like, you know what, if, if Devonte Adams can get, you know, a first and a second, let's let's see what Tyree Kill's going to get. Let's put him on the auction block. And I'm not surprised at all to hear that they already got a couple teams coming after him. But Chris, look, that's going to change that team. That is going to change that offense. There is no weapon in football that is more feared, you know, that is not a quarterback than Tyree Kill. We've seen it twice every season. He is such a freaking nightmare to try to contain. And I think back to, was it this? It was two years ago, uh, Justin Herbert's first game. Chargers in position to win. They had held Tyreek Hill in check the entire game, and all it took was one play. One play. One play. One play. One busted coverage, and, oh, see you later. That guy's gone for 80 yards. And, like, that's – when you don't have that in your offense, you want to talk about changing the way you attack and the way you have to protect yourself on the top end. Holy cow, that's gonna that is going to make things so much different in Kansas City when he's gone. There's no player like him. You know, the, the Chiefs get no. Juju Smith Schuster, nice player, 
not Tyreek Hill. And, you know, I, I was looking at that Chiefs offense saying, okay, they didn't do much, but they still have Hill. They still have Kelsey. Yeah, Juju. It's still a, a really good elite uh, pass catching core for Patrick Mahomes. When Tyreek Hill leaves the building, though, that changes everything. And, you know, we're, we're hearing Jets, we're hearing Dolphins. Imagine going to the Dolphins and you got Jalen Waddle on one side and his speed and Tyreek Hill on the other. There's no excuses for Tua at that point. The Chargers play the Dolphins yeah. uh, this year, too. So you may see yeah. Tyreek if he goes to Miami. Um, the Jets are another team that's being talked about right now. Um, but I, I just look at how the landscape of the AFC West changes. We talk about it every single week, Money, a, a new player emerges in this division, whether it's a pass rusher, an elite quarterback, uh, an elite wide receiver, Devontae Adams. If the team that has ruled this division year after year after year loses Tyreek Hill, I, I just, I'm fascinated as to what they're going to do to try to replace that. Yeah, and I'll say this. If it's, you know, if it's the Jets, and they trade their second of their two first round picks, you know, that that pick from Seattle, number 10 overall, it wouldn't surprise me in the least to, to see them try to replace Tyree Kill. Look, and again, there is no other Tyree Kill, not with yeah. that strength, that burst, that acceleration. But you got Garrett Wilson, uh, you've got Chris Olave. You've got, so, I mean, there are really, Jameson really Williams. good. I mean, Jamison Williams with the ACL. Early, if you, exactly. I mean, but if you want to talk about explosive, go back and watch Jamison Williams at Alabama and just the incredible acceleration after he catches the ball away from defenders, 100%. So that wouldn't surprise me. Like, hey, we don't want to give this guy 150 million bucks, so we'll just take, you know. And that, look, a lot of this is also draft prep. And maybe the Chiefs are looking at the draft and saying, we like this guy. We like this guy. We like this guy. We can't afford 150 million bucks for Tyree Kill, and that very well may that that very well may be may be it, and and that may be the the way they approach it, or it could just be Chris. We got Patrick Mahomes, and we've got McCole Hardman. He's a four three guy. We got Byron Pringle. He's a four three guy. There's plenty of speed out there that that Mahomes with that arm can still threaten opposing defenses, and we can still work our seams and underneath with you know with juju and and travis kelsey yeah that that offense would have to evolve in, in a different way if tyreek hill is not there but i tell you what man, we would have to do this podcast every day just to keep up with, <laughs> it's been unreal what's going on in the afc um it's... you know quickly matt ryan going to the colts i, I mentioned that because the chargers, chargers play, the play this year and then in the Indian. Chargers play the Browns and, and Deshaun Watson so yeah, like these are chargers two... play the dolphins if, and if, they play you the know, dolphins. chargers play the dolphins who just signed Teron Armstead uh, they've had issues, you know, along there. So they sign Armstead, they sign Sheriff to fix their offensive line, like, or not, no, Jacksonville signed Sheriff, but they signed Armstead at left tackle. They've drafted offensive linemen in the first round in each of the last three seasons. So like, and a lot of people are excited about Mike McDaniel and bringing that 49ers offense and that run game. And he got Green Mostert in there. So man, it's a nightmare. I, I, we've said this repeatedly. The AFC is, can we just trade Tyree kill to the Packers? Can we get him? You just get somebody out of the division, out of the conference for once. That's the thing. Like Watson stays in the AFC. Matt Ryan comes to the AFC with with a roster that's really set to go to the playoffs. Yeah. And you know, you, we talk about all these. We rattle off all these quarterbacks, buddy. Right? The the AFC South has Ryan Tannehill, Matt Ryan, Trevor Lawrence, and Davis Mills. You know, one of those guys is going, and, and it's likely the Colts. Uh, you know, we'll see what happens with the Titans. Per, perhaps they can still keep it rolling with Henry in the backfield and, and yeah. Tannehill under center. But 
I mean, there's going to be a bunch of quarterbacks in the AFC that don't even make the playoffs that are elite in this league. I mean, look, what if only one team makes it out of the AFC West? Think about that. I would be Yeah, if you're the Raiders, Chiefs, Broncos, or Chargers, and your team does not make the playoff with these rosters because you just beat the living hell out of each other all season long, your fan base is going to be pissed, but it's like, what do you want? You know, you know, if your team plays great and they're in all these tight games and things just don't break their way in, in three or four of them and you finish nine and eight instead of 10 and seven and you miss the playoffs, it's like, okay, I know it stinks, but what do you expect? They're playing Russell Wilson, Patrick Mahomes, and Derek Carr with Devontae Adams and, you know, and Darren Waller and Hunter Renfro all season long. I mean, it's it's a nightmare. It would have to be something where, like, like you know, like we we talk about in the NBA, like you just reseed the playoffs, just like you know, just reseed, right. you know. So yeah. so so all these teams can get in, but that's not the case, and that's not going to happen. And you're right, there's going to be maybe one, two, shoot, potentially three. I guess if you keep beating up on each other in the AFC West, going to be really disappointed at the end of the year. But um, listen, the Chargers are going for it, man. And anyway, we talked about Khalil Mack and and all the additions that they made, J.C. Jackson in, in week one. Um, I want to just lead off when we talk about the Chargers with Gerald Everett. You, you bring in yep. a young tight end who's 27 years old. He had 48 catches last year. Jared Cook had 48 catches last year. He had four touchdowns last year. Jared Cook had four touchdowns last year. But Jared Cook had 20 more targets. So, you know, I, I think Gerald Everett is a guy who I'm sure the organization believes is young enough and explosive enough when you pair him with a quarterback like Justin Herbert. And he, you know, he had Russell Wilson in and out of the lineup last year. He had Jared Goff the years before. This may be his best situation to really maximize his potential. Well, we know, look, and, and we make this mistake constantly. We, we judge players based on their draft status and maybe they don't live up to that draft status, yet we keep going back to it. Um, you know, Gerald Everett was one of the top three, four tight ends in that draft when, when yep. he was selected in the second round by the Rams. Talent's there. Um, and, you know, I mean, Jared Goff never really leaned on his tight ends all that much. You know, Higby emerged as maybe the, the, the preferred target. But at the same time, there still wasn't a lot of production there. I think you look at, at what Parham has done, what Cook has done, what Hunter Henry has done. Like, it's clear that, that Herbert likes his tight ends. So you pair the talent, the size, the, the giant soft hands of Gerald Everett with Herbert. And I think you're right. I think they just kind of felt like that was going to line up. And it's still a, a tremendous value. Like when you think about what you're paying, you know, Gerald Everett. Now, look, Hunter Henry is a full service tight end. Like he, he'll yes. block in line. He'll, they're going to try to do some of that with, with Everett. But he is more of your pass catching tight end. McKitty's still going to be your blocking tight end. And I think that then. You know, look, obviously it's it's financially viable to keep Donald Parham around because you still have him on that sort of development number. But I'm anxious to see what it means for Steven Anderson um, and, and how because I've got to believe he's, you know, just kind of waiting for that bigger number. He, you know, he's been offered thus far. Um, but, man, I've just been so impressed with him and how much better he's gotten. And I, and I really do hope they bring him back because um, you can always run him in that that hybrid fullback tight end mode. Um, as opposed to having a fourth tight end on the roster, you can kind of count him as sort of that jack of all trades position. He had that great game in Philadelphia. And I think what this means, Money, right now, as we tape this and as we get into the draft, is that they're going to kind of keep that tight end core together and really just replace Everett with Cook, a, a younger guy, and right. then hope that Parham continues to develop. And, you know, we've seen 100%. those flashes. And, and I, I like that that line of thinking when you have Mike and Keenan on the outside and, and also doing his thing. 
All right, guys, quick break to let you know that you can try YouTube TV for free and get access to 85 plus live TV channels, unlimited DVR space, and game day features like key plays. Just be sure to record the game and then use the key plays view right in the YouTube TV app. Catch up on all the highlights you may have missed. Plus, you can cancel at any time with no hidden fees. That's a touchdown. YouTube TV, try it free, new users only, terms apply, cancel anytime. J.K. Scott now in the building, man. Uh, three years with the Packers, had a game with the Jags last year, uh, 44 and a half yards per punt for his career. He brought in Josh Harris as the long snapper. So special teams, um, the focus, I think there's going to be some competition at the punting position. Yeah, it doesn't surprise me. I, I don't think that J.K. Scott is, has been signed to be the punter moving forward. I think you look at that deal and it's clear that that's a we're bringing in to compete, yeah. you know, sort of deal. Um, we'll see if they draft the punter. Uh, we'll see what's going on with Ty, Ty Long and, and J.K. Scott and, and how that all works out. But, you know, we saw this uh, what last year we saw it the year before. They've always brought competition in for for the punting position and why wouldn't they you know you just look at the metrics and I don't know if it's the punter you want to point to clearly they felt like they needed a new long snapper um but they're just they're not great you know the the punting stats have been not just not great but some of the worst in the league so it's no surprise they want to put some competition there to try to figure out okay what is it that's leading to these numbers being what they are I think the one thing about Scott is I was kind of digging into to what he's all about um the hang time numbers are great that that's kind of where, and I don't know if that's something that it's Staley and, and, you know, the new special teams coach, if that's what they're looking for. It's all about hang time. Some people look at gross. Um, I tend to look at net. I like to look at return average too. And Scott had a really rough go a couple of years ago in return average. I mean, it was like in the seventeens, it was brutal, but he's a big hang time guy. It's in like that four, eight range, um, which is kind of considered that upper echelon for punters. So that may be something that, you know, was discussed from the coaching staff with Tom and, and his team about what are you looking for? Like, what do we need? And it could have been, we, we want that ball to hang up there a little bit more. We're not as concerned about distance. We're a little bit more concerned about quickness of getting that thing off and getting that thing up to float for, uh, for a while, get a lot of fair catches and uh, let's kind of leave it at that. So that may be what they were thinking there. Yeah. And you know, it's about familiarity too. Ficken was with the Vikings for a long time and saw Scott up close and personal a couple times a year exactly. for a few years. And, you know, it's a nice segue into Sebastian Joseph Day, who who Staley really groomed and and turned into a really good player. I, I was digging into Sebastian Joseph Day after his presser, which was really good. Um, That's great. I like his personality. I think he's going to be a really good fit for this team. Um, but there was 22 defensive tackles taken in 2018. He was number 18 off the board. He's got more solo tackles than everybody in that draft, except for Dron Payne and, and BJ Hill. And he's played in like 25 fewer games. So he really came on when Brandon Saley was the defensive coordinator for the Rams in 2020. And he was asked, I, I think somebody posed a question to him at the presser saying like, well, you had your best year under Staley. And he was quick to correct them. He's saying, no, 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 no. 2021 was my best year. And it was cut short when I got hurt because I was rolling. I was having my best season and he was, the stats showed it seven games yeah. through. Um, he was able to recover, make it back for the Super Bowl, though he didn't he didn't record a stat line. But th this is a guy who I, I think will really kind of hit the ground running in this defense and really helping the Chargers with the most important thing that they need on defense right now, which is stopping the run. Yeah, solo tackle, as you said it, from that position, that's what that speaks to, is that someone who is able to find the gap, fill the gap, 
fight off his blocker and make a tackle. Um, that, 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 you know, those, that position is not making a bunch of tackles downfield. Uh, you, you know, there's the sack numbers aren't extraordinary. So that's what that tells you. This is someone who is capable of slowing down the run. And look, you know, Aaron Donald's incredible. I think he's the best player in football. He's someone that's regularly got his hand in the ground, his ears pinned back, and he is going upfield. So the players that are right next to him, there's a lot of there is a lot of responsibility put on them to stop the run uh, because Donald is busy getting upfield. Uh, he is not known as a great run defender because he is such an exceptional pass rusher from the interior, uh, and that's it, just an incredible value to have. So few teams, if any, have it. So I think that also speaks to what you know, is exceptional about, about Sebastian is that's what he was tasked with. And he was able to do it. Um, I, I think also, like you said, there's something, you know, about Brandon Staley getting a few players that know his system that excelled in his system because of how bad it went last year on a number. Like if you go back and watch a handful of, of not a handful, but if you go back and just watch games and watch specifically that defensive line and specifically first and second downs and runs. You're just seeing guys in the wrong spot, making the wrong reads, moving the wrong direction. So I think so much of that is what, what Tom Telesco and Brandon Staley attacked this off season. Let's just get players that we know, know their role and know where they're supposed to be. And then, Hey, now it's you and that other player in the hole. Who's going to win that battle. Let's see, but at least you're in the right spot. At least things are are moving and the pieces are where they need to be. And we've got a chance to win, you know, those plays. hundred percent. And it doesn't hurt that the, the players that are brought in, like Khalil Mack, Khalil Mack's an all pro, right? So not right. only is he an all pro and, and one of the best edge rushers in the game, but he, he knows that Staley system. He can come in and when you have elite players like Joey Bosa, Joey has a year in now. He, he knows what he's right. doing. Sebastian Joseph Day can help. Austin Johnson and some of these other guys kind of get in the right spot and kind of hit the ground running. Whereas last year, everybody was nil. Um, so right. I think the guys that are here will, will continue to learn. And then the guys who are coming in already know what's up. So I, I think that's a great sign. And then, you know, Austin Johnson, we talked about him last week. He's going to meet with the media um, later today, Wednesday, as we tape this. Um, and that was just a, a really nice, solid player for the Giants um, that we saw at the end of the year when they came to SoFi Stadium and, you know, a, a guy who I think really just fits what Staley wants to accomplish. Yeah, look, the, the Giants defense has been pretty good the last couple of years. You know, it's why Patrick Graham was getting interviewed for yeah, a bunch why of he's in the division jobs. now. <laughs> yeah, and now he's in the division. Now he's the defensive coordinator for the Raiders. I mean, that's great. Um, it's so, look, he's, yeah. Do I know a lot about Austin Johnson? I don't, but I do know that that Giants defensive line has been pretty damn good for the last two years. Yeah. Um, and, and he's been a starter and, and a guy that's playing a majority of the snaps, you know, almost all the snaps. So, yeah, I'll take it. Um, we'll see how it fits. Clearly, they identified him as a body type, as, you know, watching the way he plays as someone who should be able to fit into the system. And, and you know, I'll trust them and their read on that. The numbers look good. Um, as I've told you, I love pro football focus. I'm not crazy about their grades. You know, they have no idea what assignments are you know, for any of those plays and what guys were asked to do or what they're asked to, you know, where they're asked to be um, at the same time, you know, it looks like the stats are there. So body type looks great, you know, athletic, big guy that seems to be able to move. Uh, so I'll take it, you know, and, and he's going to be between, you know, Joey Bosa, Khalil Mack and Sebastian Joseph Day and Jerry Tillery and Brandon Pahoka, whoever's in there. I mean, look, it's, 
it's a it's a group that's now getting a little bit of depth. Finally, Mr. INT, we got to hear from him on, yeah. on Tuesday. Uh, it, it was it was fun hearing him say that he basically told his agent, I'm going to L.A. before this thing even began. I, I think he, he felt just that, that connection, obviously, with Derwood James. But did you see that clip of Staley just rattling off his Yeah, his report? coaching. Yeah, his uh, <laughs> scouting report. Love it. And I think, you know, you heard what J.C. had to say about that. He's like, yeah, like it's just that's the kind of coach you want, man. Guy that, that does this, you know, that, that eats it, that, that just wants to live, breed, eat, sleep football. Um, and that just speaks to Staley and we've been around and we know that's not, that's not for the cameras. That's Brandon Staley. That's just the kind of dude he is. He's a football junkie. Um, and like whenever I, I have the privilege of, of being the fly on the wall, when we do the coach's interview, like he and DJ, you know, we get five, eight minutes with them. And as soon as we're done, it is freaking draft talk to the nines. Oh, he and DJ are just going nuts about oh this year and that player and oh yeah this is what I liked about him and I wasn't crazy about him and they'll go back three four drafts we'll sit there for an hour just talking about college players and drafts past and who he was scouting and and that's Staley I think and I think it's cool that that you know our, our team led by Jason with the Chargers and digital media is able and have the access to be able to share some of that stuff it's kind of cool for for fans and for football fans even if they're not necessarily Charger fans to be able to see you know just some personality and, and what he's really all about. Um, and certainly that goes in, in, you know, JC Jackson said that went a long way that one Derwin two Staley, like he wanted to be here. This is where, you know, he, he told his agent, I want to be, let's make it happen. And who knows, maybe that helped out the chargers a little bit, got him a couple million bucks to spend, you know, that they didn't have to fork over to convince him to come someplace he didn't want to be. New episode of All In, I think, free agency edition coming later this month, too. And, you know, those guys do an awesome job really yeah. painting a picture for fans. Man. It's like that's, fantastic. That's the type of stuff that um, that people eat up. And, like, that's what you want. That you, you get that access. You really see what these guys are like. You see the interaction between the coaches and players and staff. Um, and, and I think it really gives you a, a sense of what these guys are like off the field, yeah. too. Um, you know, like, just being able to see – like – I think I said this last week, like I didn't, I didn't pay enough attention to Khalil Mack, like press conferences or interviews, but just the way he approached those pressers, like he was very cordial and friendly and, but he was understated. He, he basically is just like, man, I just want to play. I want to show yeah. you guys. I, I don't want to talk about all this stuff, but like, I, I want to get out there with Joey Bose. I want to get out there in the Brandon Staley scheme. And I want to win a Super Bowl and I want to be a Hall of Famer, you know, but he don't want to talk about it. He just wants to show right. it. And uh, I, I just I think fans appreciate that because when you watch a show like All In, you can really get that sense of, of what a guy's all about. It is the ultimate. You know, you think Hard Knocks is great. It's got nothing on All In for behind the scenes. It just doesn't. There's there's they're trying there's too many personal storylines and this family and here's, you know, there's this funny storyline and they have to do that. It's what makes it entertaining for, for, you know, uh, hard knocks, but for all in, it's really just ball. And it's, it's behind the scenes in those position group meetings, in those coaches meetings, uh, in general manager scout meeting, like it is awesome. And I uh, cannot recommend that enough. If you haven't, you know, seeked it out on YouTube, it really, just go back and watch the ones through the season. They're incredible as well. Well, Muddy, that's all I got this week, man. I know that yeah. the draft uh, 
we'll be hitting the draft hard come April. I think USC has their pro day this week. I don't know if Drake, Drake Lennon's participating in that pro day, but. Uh, um, yeah, we, I'll say this uh, just quickly on that front, Chris, I think last week we talked about the, uh, the chargers being in a nice position to trade back for someone who might want to come up to get Malik Willis. Yeah. It feels like that ain't happening now that, yeah. uh, that after his pro day, as we do this on a Wednesday, his pro day was yesterday. Now everybody talking about, oh, are the Lions going to take him at two? Are the Panthers going to take him at six? This is every year, right? Like Every people, single year. Every single year. You, you convince yourself that, that, you know, the draft class was not good. And then all of a sudden, as we get closer, yeah. it looks much better. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I think, I think the Lions are a realistic position for Malik Willis at number two. <laughs> yeah, that's where we're at. Yeah. So that's what we got, man. Uh, draft, and I'm sure. Listen, as soon as I hit stop, there's going to be another big. I know. Going somewhere, we may have a Tyreek Hill. Uh, Tyreek Hill will officially have been moved. Official. Please let it be the Jets and not the Dolphins. I know. So if you send me a note and say, "Hey, I can't keep up with the current news," I I know, I know we can't, yeah. and uh, that's why we talked about it off the rip just to get it out of the way because it looks like it's something that may be coming down the pipe. So exactly. For Matt Muddy-Smith, I'm Chris Harey. This has been Chargers Weekly. We'll see you next week.